0: Our communion meditation is from Ruth chapter 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 17. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an effa of barley. Then she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. So she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, "'Where have you gleaned today?' and where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I worked today is Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, This man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. Ruth the Moabitess said, He also said to me, you shall stay close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women and that people do not meet you in any other field. So she stayed close by the young women of Boaz to glean until the end of barley harvest and wheat harvest, and she dwelt with her mother-in-law. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We ask you to Awaken our minds, awaken, revive our spirits such that we can be learning directly from you, having your spirit minister to us in our hearts. We thank you for your word and for your many kindnesses to us. In Christ's name, amen. So last, last time, and it was only last week this time, so those of you that were here might still remember. Boaz admired Ruth and her character took notice of her, her and her work ethic, and told her to stay in his fields and treated her really like one of his own at work in the field. He told his young man on the sly to purposefully drop grain for her and to not reproach her. And so she gleaned an ephah of barley. Now an ephah of barley, and you see it correlated in uh, Exodus when they're they're getting the manna, when the manna starts falling from heaven. And so they uh, each had about one-tenth of an ephah that could satisfy their daily needs. And so this is basically 10 days' worth of food. So she's captured through gleaning 10 days' worth of food, so enough for her and Na, uh, Naomi for five days. So in other words, She's going to get a lot more than this. They're they're going to meet their own needs, plus probably be able to sell some on the market or give some to others. So uh, Boaz is blessing them greatly through this. I really doubt that typically by gleaning, you would be able to collect this much. She's being cared for by Boaz. And you can see that Naomi is surprised. In In verse 19, she said, she told her mother-in-law, and then she said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And, uh, but prior to that, where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So Naomi knows this is odd. This is more grain than she could have expected to have gleaned. Now, perhaps Ruth has gleaned before, perhaps not. She may have had no reason to in Moab, most likely. So this is probably a new thing for her. But Naomi is familiar with it, and she takes notices of it. Ruth says, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And then Naomi thanks God. Blessed be he of the Lord. So in verse 20, let me listen. Let, I read this again. Naomi said to her daughter, in law blessed be he of the Lord, who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. Now, this is Naomi speaking. She's, Ruth has just gone out to start gleaning, but I want to take you back to something that Naomi had said, and it's pretty much the last thing she'd said that we have recorded, and this is in chapter 1 at verse 20. She's just returned, and the women greet her. Is this Naomi? And she said, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? So not much time has passed since then, but now Naomi recognizes God's blessing in what's just happened. The first day Ruth goes out to try to help this young, struggling family of two women, and she's just tremendously blessed. And Naomi recognizes that this is from God. Blessed be he Of the Lord, who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead, she recognizes that this bounty came directly from God. So she is, in a sense, undoing this when she arrived, this bitterness that filled her heart. She's acknowledging now that God is still watching out for her. So now Naomi and Ruth do accept Boaz's offer for Ruth to continue to come back and glean in only his fields. And they both see it as a a security. Boaz sees it as Ruth's security. Naomi sees it as Ruth's security. And so these young women going off to glean in strangers' fields is dangerous, inherently dangerous. It's not ideal that these young women are going off to do this. But it is what they do in order to survive. And so they are... Uh, acting in the absence of a man who's providing for them. And yet here, immediately, we have Boaz step forward and not only provide food for them, but provide security for them as well. Naomi said, it's good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women. Now, you might ask, what choice did they have? I mean, did Naomi and Ruth really have a choice? And you might think, well, no, not really. I mean, this blessing has fallen into their lap. But people always have choices to accept or reject the generosity of others. Our pride can prevent us from accepting generosity. Even if we're in tremendous need, we will refuse it because we're too proud to take it. I want to I want to read uh, something from Luke 16. And this is a parable that, that Jesus told. Luke 16, starting at verse 1. There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. So this man's pride would not allow him to stoop to begging. He was far above that in society. He dare not be seen to be begging on the streets. Uh, Phil had commented on this just a few weeks ago. And so we know this man to be evil. And yet pride can restrict us from doing the needful. And here, they are being offered this by Boaz, and it's not everyone that, that would accept the generosity of other people. I want to read a little bit from Proverbs. Proverbs 11, verse 2 says, When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs thirteen, ten: By pride comes nothing but strife but with the well-advised is wisdom. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Just this morning, I was reading a different book, and I'd already uh, had my communion meditation, but I want to share it with you. Uh, It's it's in a book I'm enjoying now called Measuring America. But he tells the story of King Louis XVI of France, the very day that he and his family have attempted to escape Paris and escape France because they know that their days are numbered, and he's captured later that night. But during that day, he had done something, you know, related to these scientists in order to try to uh, determine what it is that they are doing next. And it was about measuring time, measuring distance, all this stuff. But even the day when he was trying to escape, he had this curiosity about what these scientists were doing. And do you know why King Louis XVI was captured that night? They had made it out of Paris. They had made it near to the border. They're only three hours away from the border. They can escape this. And one of these Jacobins stops the carriage on the road and he looks at these people in the carriage and he looks at a banknote that had King Louis XVI's image on it. And he recognizes him. And he sends them back to Paris. Pride went before destruction in this instance. Louis XVI's portrait was on money. It was all throughout the kingdom. He'd handed everybody in his nation the ability to recognize him. And they were using it. And he fell that night. He later had lost his head. But see, I think that's a classic example of pride going before destruction. Uh, it was his own undoing. Now, Naomi and Ruth were not too proud to accept the generosity of Boaz. There is another verse that's referenced in by, by both James and Peter. It's a reference to Proverbs 3. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble And so my question to you is, are you proud? Does pride define you? Because, frankly, your coming to this table is in part meaningless. Because this imparts grace. But God resists the proud. He gives his grace to the humble. So to the degree that you walk in pride... And are proud of walking in pride, this will not benefit you. And so you must come to God with a contrite spirit to be benefited by this table. And so I ask that you do. Father God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your patience with us, for the power of your spirit at work in our hearts to conform us to the image of your Son. Lord, we know that we fall so far short of your son's conduct and his character, and yet we thank you that your Holy Spirit is at work in us, that we can partake of this table and enter into your presence and receive this grace from your hand. In Christ's name, we thank you and give you thanks. Amen.